There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yayo, yayo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from the end of the rainbow because that's right, folks. We're in Pride Month <laughs> and we are doing our... We're doing something special on the Yonko table. We haven't done it before. We are doing... A draft we're having a draft not a draft of beer or anything no we're gonna have a draft and we'll go further into details but because it's pride month it's a pride month draft what does that mean well i'm not gonna explain it because there are better people than myself um but let's go ahead i'm gonna hand it off to the host of the first yonko table draft it's dr rika and Dr. Rika is going to explain in detail what's going on here. So, Dr. Rika, take it away. What's, what's happening here at the table today? Yes, happy Pride. Uh, so, we're doing a Pride Month movies and TV draft. And so, what that means is we've got six scheduled categories uh, that we will be selecting either a TV show or a movie that fits in that category that means the most to us or maybe is our favorite Um Sometimes we'll be able to select our favorites and sometimes we won't as we go through and explain some of the rules for you all who are listening. Uh, so basically we have six categories, drama, comedy or musical, romance or horror, Oscar or Emmy nominated, uh, something that is created, written or directed by an LGBTQ plus person and then wild card. For each of those categories, all of our participants will select either a movie or a TV show. Once that selection has been made, that particular TV show or movie is off the board. So each of us have come in prepared with a number of options per category, just in case our number one draft pick is taken. Um, it's gonna be randomized. So I'm actually gonna click the randomizer as we are here on air and it's gonna be in snake fashion. So number one through four will go, four will have two selections and then I'll go back uh, in reverse order. Um, so something to keep in mind as we're going through, <clears throat> we made these selections based off of uh, whether a plot or a theme explored LGBTQ plus experiences, whether there was a character who was front and center as a part of important plots or themes in a TV show or a film uh, that was LGBTQ plus, uh, if something has been adopted by the community over the years. So there are some films that uh, we play fast and loose on how we feel um, connect it to that and so it may not fit those first two criteria but it certainly uh, has been a, a part of queer media and then we also want to acknowledge that we're trying to have a good time so some of these films or tv shows uh, may not be completely perfect but they, they're meaningful in some way and we want to be able to talk about them so we hope by the end y'all have like 24 different things to check out uh, please support uh, lgbtq plus folks not only in the theaters and on tv shows but in real life uh, so if there are local orgs that you, you can go out and, and hand off a donation or offer some volunteering, uh, I'm sure they'd really appreciate it in your area. Um, any questions or thoughts from our participants before we get started? Well, I just want to say as a non-LGBTQ plus person, I'm happy to be on today's episode. This idea was actually brought to one of our supernovas. It was brought to the table by 
uh, Tangelo. Tangelo couldn't be with us today, but uh, we're wishing her the best of whatever she's got to do today. So go ahead, Tangelo. And I would just like to say, although I'm not part of the LGBT LGBTQ plus folks, I'm representing the allies today, and we're going to win this draft today. We're going to come out with the best team. That, that's ally for you. Uh, for those who are who were just listening, he has a hat on. <laughs> oh, yes, I have a hat on that says ally. Draft me out of this team. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if folks... I'm pretty sure there's like a section where we're supposed to let y'all know who is here today. Oh, yes, we can do that right now. Let's hear who's joining the draft today. Hello. Hi, how are you? It's Apex here to spill the tea. Who's that dork? It's Dars. It's the one, the only, Nino Desplazado. Hi, I'm Dr. Rika from the Yonko Table, and you're not watching Disney Channel. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we'll get started. I'm going to randomize and any uh, category can go first. It's going to be up to y'all, but here is the order. Number one will be Nino. Number two is the plastics. Number three is me. So Dr. Rika and number four is Dars. Uh, So again, this will be snake fashion. Nino is going to kick us off and then Dars will have two selections before it goes in reverse order. Uh, and again, once something's selected, it's off the board. Uh, I will keep track to make sure that we're all keeping things as they're supposed to be. Um, and we'll go from there. So, Nino, you have the number one draft pick. What are you going with? I willed this into it. I manifested this first pick. Because oh, no. I, if I did not get this in anywhere in my list, I was going to throw myself like off a building. Now, do not say that. Goodness, this this is how important this is to me, and I already know that Apex knows what this I is. I called it already. You already <laughs> called it. Um, I let's see where. Um, oh, and we can pick whatever. Yeah, I need the um, category and then the the media pick. Okay, I'm going to say created, written, directed by an LGBTQ plus person, um, just because it's very, it's, it's encompasses so many things at once. Um, but I have to go with Sensei. Uh, top pick, yeah. off the board. I know you're, you're killing me on the inside because that was like my number one that I had to mention as well. I, yep. I just had to. It was on to, mine too. It, I have a story with Apex, um, and now I got to do it very quickly, very quick rundown. I had never seen the show. He brought me down and said, hey, you want to watch the finale? I'll catch you up. And he paused it whenever I got confused. We watched the entire two hour, two hour and 30 minute finale. And I just was seeing it and seeing it and like it putting itself into my brain. And then like the next morning, I was just like, wow. Like I, I went to bed with such different feelings. I had never seen to that scale that queer could be something not to be ashamed of, that queer could be beautiful. And I called my mom and I kind of reaffirmed that like, hey, you know what? I'm bi and I, you know, I'm I'm queer. I'm definitely not straight. And my mom was like, okay. And I was like, okay, bye. And I think from that point on, I think in my life, 
I have continuously thought about that and thought about queerness as a way for joy, for expression, for everything that I could be in, not just the trauma, not just the the pain, mm -hmm. not just the suffering. And I appreciate that series so much because of it. It has a little bit of pro like one like little bit issue, um, which is like the cop, but you know, we're uh we're it's okay. He, he needs to be a cop to have a gun, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> everything else, I love it. Perfect. And it's made by trans women. So the Wachowskis. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Live, laugh, love. Amen. The end. Quick anecdotal plug. Yes. Um, like Nino said, I was there. Um, and it was gag worthy for the children listening to this podcast because when i tell you bitch that i went to sleep and you know was sitting on that couch literally just like damn damn and i was like <laughs> nino are you okay and i was like he's like damn and i was like okay i'm gonna go to bed woke up the next morning bitch said hey apex i think i'm by and i was like welcome and then it's like and he's like yeah i call my mom and everything and my fucking mouth hit the floor bitch i was like <laughs> I was like, bitch, you skipped, oh, skipped step nine and ten. <laughs> Bam, pow, we here, girl. Hey, what so, the uh, step eight? Step eight is sense eight, bitch. <laughs> and sense eight gave what it needed to give, as it does, feeding the children. And thus, Nino got a nice handful of that. So yeah, shout out. Love you. <laughs> I love that there's a, a shared story with that. Um, I'm pretty sure like me and Darcy also texted frequently about this show in the past. Oh, it yeah. was also would have been like one of my my picks um so no excellent excellent pick it is still on netflix still available for folks to watch um so please y'all it's a treat it's a treat it's in a movie yes and so... beyond and on sense eight to give them that um sense eight does a really good job of like obviously it's a fantasy of everything, but Sensei does a really good job of bringing, I feel like every single letter of the dang alphabet of us into it, into one beautiful story, like intrinsically. Like I feel like a lot of like uh, LGBT stories specifically, like maybe they're written by like straight directors, straight actors or anything like that. They kind of have to, they have a issue where they can only focus on like one specific topic. And as we know <laughs> with like LGBT movement, like a lot of times we like bring up the gays and everything and we always leave our trans folks in the back corner. But I feel like Sense8 did that really good job right from the jump starting with everybody. So kudos to y'all hoes. I wish y'all had a season three. I'm glad that petition worked so we can get our season two and finale. So, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you make a really great point. I think as we start to talk about each of our picks, you'll notice that there may be some identities more at the forefront. So, it, it, I agree that Sensei was a nice collection of experiences. Not only just, it's not even just westernized, it's across the globe. So, it is also an international show. So, I, I thought I really, really appreciated that show. And now I feel like I really want to rewatch it. It's been a little while. So, all right. Well, the plastics, you all are number two. All right. Yes. Uh, so, as the number two pick, uh, Apex and I have decided to be a team. Yes. Apex has probably put me onto most of these uh, shows and stuff that we're probably going to be talking about. So, with the number two pick, uh, for we're going to. Uh, take this out uh, for our, our, our drama drama this is our drama pick uh we're gonna have to go with a uh, a show that's definitely been at the forefront uh these last couple of years 
for show for sure and just it's a quality show it's really uh, really well produced in the design and everything and it's just very insightful to a periodic time within the community we're gonna go with pose um okay. yeah we're gonna take pose yeah pose got gotta take pose uh goodness uh yes apex put me on the pose great show uh well acted storytelling is phenomenal and yeah i walked away i i now look at the ballroom scene differently i mean i don't think i was looking at it before uh and then just uh yeah a lot of empathy is shown throughout that show just for the community as a whole the trans community as well and i think pose is a great job at doing that apex pose her trend alert apex puts bitches onto great lgbt stuff but <laughs> anyway let's <laughs> call it yes pose for drama pose was definitely um giving what it needs to give uh, i know i was crying a lot of episodes uh, all the time and honestly even me being gay um i learned a fucking shit ton about the community in general and i think that's what makes it a really good show is that it's not like oh just the stereotypical stuff like they have like an actual like educational through line for it with like everything that they're going through um even if you are gay I would recommend to that you watch Pose because you're just going to learn so much, especially I feel they do a very good job. Um, we were just actually watching um, Paris is Burning um, and, you know, they take a huge like everything from Paris is Burning with that as well. So it's like not just fictional, like there's actual source material from history that you can actually see. Um, and I was telling uh, Grandmaster Hoop about how, man, it's been like 33 years since Paris Burning came out, like 1990. And it's just crazy how the perspective of those people um, who lived it, it's always like, man, we want to be the realness. We want to like, it's like they're trying to get to the ceiling, right? And to get to that point. And now in 2023, it's like, where I was like, bitch, we above y'all hoes. Like, you know, we here, like, <laughs> like not in that sense. Like we still have a long way to go in certain aspects, but you know, there's just a way different level of confidence and exposure and representation. And Pose really did what it needed to do in terms of like educating from like there to now. Oh, stuff. yeah. Quick shout out to Billy Porter. Uh, who else? Quick shout out to Janet Mock. Janet Mock. Come on, bitch. Thank you. India Moore. Uh, MJ Rodriguez. Yes. 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 Uh, Dominique Jackson. The whole cast. Love it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Also, Poppy can get it any day. Just saying. But, you know, Poppy with Janet, we love you girls. <laughs> So Pose, which could have fit a number of different categories. Uh, it is the first mainstream TV show to, to have a number of trans people of color, particularly women of color, um, in a mainstream TV show. Uh, so it's a big deal. Um, any additional thoughts from Darce Mignon? Yeah, y'all gotta stop forward? stealing my picks because this is the <laughs> second one in the same category. We did our homework. I did my homework too. I have one more and I'm hoping that this one does not get taken by Dr. Rika. Better glue okay. down that lace front or you getting snatched, bitch. Get it, wig? Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I am the number three pick. And, oh no. Hmm. <laughs> For drama, I will be selecting 2016's Moonlight. Ooh. Meh. Ooh. Uh, Controversial opinion. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go uh, ahead. So this is, uh, of course, best picture winning uh, Moonlight, directed by Barry Jenkins. Um, I just recall, it, it's interesting because over the last couple of weeks, I have been just watching a lot of films to catch up on things I haven't seen before, things I haven't seen in a really long time. Uh, but in doing some of that, I have recognized how little, like particularly like black queer experiences exists like in the media. Uh, and there are some, but a lot of the times they tend to be underground. Uh, so there's a pick that I may have a little bit later on, depending on um, the category. Okay, y'all are texting a lot. Let me <laughs> turn do not disturb. I'm being distracted. Uh, but Moonlight felt like one of the first like really mainstream pieces of art. I'm not even gonna call it media, cinema, except it's, it's art um, that I could see some of myself in, in terms of like having a, a a black queer character from Florida as at the forefront. And so much of what the film explores is just like his identity development and what it means to live in between societal expectations, family expectations, and how you cultivate or don't an identity with that. And that was a lot of what my experience has been like uh, as a black Latinx queer woman is how do I find myself amongst what the expectations are of each parts of my community and culture and what do I actually truly want for myself and there was something you know I won't get into all the the various pieces of the film but there's something by the end of like a sense of hope and relief in seeing what could be possible in choosing to be authentically you um, and I think that is what I have been seeking and searching for is where do I find ease and where do I find the release uh, where I can kind of slide into who I feel I am as a human being and, and fully embody that. And I think so much of this film, I, I've recommended it to a lot of folks. Um, and some folks have been like, eh, boring, kind of slow, not into it. And false. I think there's something about, <laughs> yes, absolutely false. Um, and even kind of the technical pieces of the film, whether the written, the acting, the cinematography, kind of color grading, et cetera, all of those are, are wonderful, fantastic. But I, I think if you just strip down and think about what it means to be a person, a human, kind of trying to navigate this world, I think it does such a wonderful job about exploring that. And so I think that's why I recommend it to people is like, ultimately, sometimes you do want to see yourself in art. And sometimes what art allows is that and to to look at stories that you may not completely connect to uh, but somebody does and somebody in your life may and so i always point out moonlight as an option uh, for people to be able to do that um so that is my first pick uh in drama could have been in a, a number of categories but specifically wanted it to be in drama um if you haven't seen it watch it no yeah, Moonlight um, is good. Uh, I always say it's meh because I just like, I'm like, uh, overhyped. But no, Moonlight's actually good um, with certain aspects of it. I will say this, um, it does bring a really cool narrative now that I just thought of. after When it first came out, I was like, oh, this is the experience, right? And then how even now, it's like it, they took them so long to get to that point of realization of like being authentic and like choosing that right at the end 
of the movie uh, that I feel like, you know, queer people or a lot of people nowadays, they don't have to wait as long uh, and stuff. So it's really cool uh, to see that in that specific movie, them highlight that story because uh, in, I'm, I guess maybe me, because I'm like 1995, so I'm right in the middle of like millennial and Gen Z. So it's like, you know, my millennial side's like, man, I really identify with this movie. But Gen Z being like, bitch, why do you take them forever? Bitch, get the fuck out, you know? So I don't know. That's what I'd be thinking with that movie. But um, no, nah, Moonlight was, it's giving. And that's a good, that's a good pick, Miss Dr. Rika. <laughs> Moonlight is better than La La Land. Per. I didn't see La La Land, though. That's all right. You didn't miss anything. Moonlight was great. <laughs> I, it's not even really a competition. That is true. But I did really enjoy Moonlight. And um, Apex, you brought up a really great point that the Gen Zers and, like, being in that cusp, you're kind of like, wow, I wish I could be, like, Nino and skip to step eight really quick. Um, but, like, some of us, it, t it takes a long time to, like, go through and really accept that part of ourselves. Um, and this was, like, that journey... Uh, Moonlight had that journey, and it was great choice. Her stuffed my list. Mino, you had your your mic unmuted, so I want to check in before we move forward. No, I just wanted to say there was no competition between Moonlight and La La Land, but you know, <laughs> period, <laughs> period. <laughs> uh. Okay. Well, Darce, you have uh, you were number four, which means you get two picks. Uh, so you'll have to, yeah, you'll have two categories. So let us know what right. your first pick is and the category, and then we'll go over to your second pick. Perfect. All right. So my category is written by LGBTQ representation, and um, I'm going to be choosing Fire Island. Um, Fire Island was actually a really, really good movie that was on, uh, eight, uh, I think Hulu. it was Hulu, not HBO, Hulu. And um, I enjoyed watching it and like kind of seeing... <laughs> this aspect of calling a spade a spade you know like there's a lot of things within the gay community that um people kind of like brush under or like they may not be aware of what's going on and this movie like called them out on it and i loved it um i also loved like all of like the uh character stories everybody there like was it it was just 10 out of 10 for me this was um written and it was also he was the main star of it joel kim booster and um it was a just a, a really good movie um so that was my my pick for <clears throat> written by lgbtq representation anybody else have anything to add to it i will say i watched this uh i think around my birthday or it was some kind of get together oh, i think we year. watched it in atlanta that one time fire we island did not Fire Am Island literally out came out later. last year. Wait, am yeah. I talking about the wrong Fire Island? This is not yeah, the one. With you're the... talking about Firefest. Oh <laughs> no, my! Kick the straight out. You oh, the sniper. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm Take the ally hat off. Grandmaster, you're in timeout for the time being. Uh, what I was going to say is, I was pleasantly surprised. So this is a, it's a Pride and Prejudice. It is. Uh, kind of. It Social takes inspiration. Classes. There we go. Yeah. It takes inspiration, which I did not anticipate. Um, so that was a really, really pleasant surprise. I was just going to mention that. I didn't have anything more to add. Um, so Fire Island, um, I would love to shout out the fact that Asian leads, per, yes. love that, um, for sure. Specifically because uh, I know recently there's been a lot of like movies led by Asian actors that have been getting a lot of, you know, 
credit and stuff like everything for all at once and you know this so i was like yo shout out to that um i will say this i do have a controversial opinion with fire islands because i thought fire island was all right uh, i didn't think it was super crazy amazing for what it was um because fire island just you know focused on some certain things of like you know just like you know doing the drugs and then going out and there was like some things where i was missing some things but i will say really did a really good job in the movie uh what's his name he's on saturday night live oh um bowen yang bowen yang bowen yang yo shout out to you honey because i loved you that whole movie i was like yes bitch work so yeah <laughs> that's all i had to say but fire island i will say this a lot of gays love that movie um I personally am like, eh, but Bowen Yang was given in that movie. Also, you know who I wish gave in that movie? Um, the guy from How to Get Away with Murder, the Asian guy that was with Connor. Oh, uh, I don't know his name. Um, I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name. His name's Oliver in, in the show. I mean, Murder, yeah. But he's also in Fire Island, was given body though, but I was like, meh. <laughs> But you got a second pick, bitch. So come on, what's your second pick? I want to know. Oh, Conrad Ricamora. That's his name. Conrad. Mm, what a name. All right. And you already mentioned my second pick. Um, and it is going to be for Oscar nominated. Everything, everywhere. All yeah. <laughs> so we're going to keep on this train, giving the representation where it needs to be done within the AAPI community like we love to see it and honestly the first time I watched it I was like this movie is amazing and then I had a 10-hour flight and I'm like well I already saw everything everywhere all at once like I'll just watch the beginning of it hooked all the way through and then I forgot how emotional it was at the very end and I was sitting in this plane like obviously cramped because I'm a big person just sobbing and I'm like I forgot how much she loves her so like it's such a good movie and it's it's more of that um relationship between mother and daughter or like parent and, and child like it's it's a really good movie that kind of like breaks down and it just shows that like there's there's love you know like there may be a lot of misunderstanding but at the end of the day if there's love then you can get through it and so i love the movie um not only was it the best multiversal movie of its time because this year into the spider-verse came out but um (laughs) it was it was great um and i know that this is probably a lot on a lot of people's list as well so if you want to chime in please do it was on my list as well as an option um yeah, I think you you said the the central part that that was most meaningful to me. I've talked about this movie a lot of times on different podcasts on <laughs> particular channel. Even uh, it was my number one movie of the year last year, um, and I think what makes it so meaningful is yes, it is this multiversal, fantastical film, but the center of it is you know this desire to be accepted and to to be loved. Um, by your parents or by guardians or by the people that you care about the most um and what anguish can feel like if that's not quite the case and just her anguish happened to manifest in the form of just these multiple multiversal uh, adventures um and so everything bagel. 
Yes. Um, so it, it was just a really meaningful story that also was just a lot of fun. And I think that is something that I really appreciate, particularly about queer media, is it doesn't necessarily have to be straightforward. It's about being creative in terms of how you express and tell your story. And I think everything everywhere is just an example of that. So. Also, the guy, well, Kiki Kwan is what you said? Kiki Kwan. Ki yes yeah uh, <laughs> call it um shout out to them on uh, their acting skills on that movie specifically because to me they didn't have such a flashy role in that movie uh but they really held that like you know i'm supporting on the side you know because he was there the whole time because bitch i would have left that hoe with all this crazy ass shit that was happening but he didn't so shout out to that because i know it's like oh how does this become gay gays have commitment issues so shout out to commitment uh i'm kidding <laughs> but uh also um everything ever all at once such a great movie um i like that you said also cross the spider verse um you mentioned this this year about the animation or whatever not that that's a pick but um, in terms of that multi-levelness um we always have this controversial uh conversation of me and Garasa hooper about greatest films of all time <laughs> um but i only bring this up because everywhere all at once had a really huge like kind of like animated aspect and so much color and life in that movie specifically and the fact that um i don't know are the daniels gay um, one is one is yeah. okay one of the daniels is gay um just like one of one of the people on this team is gay um you know that's me um so shout out to mr daniel um who got this shit done because it just was so colorful from someone being you know who is lgbt and bringing it to there as if it was an animated movie it kind of felt at one point that i was literally like i was like what the fuck is going on but in all the best ways so you know it was just great these multi-level movies like multiverse movies um and also shout out to mr kiki huang yes yes <laughs> and i just don't think we're gonna get a movie like ev everything everywhere all at once as far as live action is concerned i'm gonna say that it'll be a very long time to i think we'll get a movie that breaks the levels of intricacy that that movie had layered in it like it's just crazy shout out to stephanie Shu as well um and of course michelle and James, the whole cast, goodness gracious, not Jamie, but that's Bitch, okay. Don't you comfort Miss Jamie? Uh, <laughs> Nino, Shout out to you, you Miss Jamie. Uh, Nino, did you have any thoughts before we move forward? Fingers. All right. Well, we're back to me. Uh, so again, snake fashion after Darcy's two picks, which were Fire Island and Everything Everywhere All at Once. I will be selecting. Hmm. In Romance or Horror, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, 2019. <laughs> Sorry, Nino. Uh, so this is a French film. And 2019 was such an excellent year for movies. It was so, so good. Uh, if you have not watched the just like amount of films that came out that year, you should. Just those are my suggestions. Yeah. Um, so Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, it is yet another it's a within community joke so it is yet another film in which lesbians do not have electricity because there is this tendency to make a lot of period based films uh around like sapphic relationships and that does happen this just happens to be a really good one so it is um oh how, how do i even want to describe this so it, it's obviously within the romance category and watching kind of the build up 
and both the quietness and the intimacy of this particular relationship unfolds and also the and i say tragedy not in that anyone dies it's more of like a tragedy in terms of some of what we've been talking about thus far is acceptance and when you you finally reach a level in which you not only can accept yourself but truly embrace your life and, and navigate the world with that and this is a film in which folks don't have the opportunity to do that that you follow what is asked of you uh at least by the end of the film but the end of the film is so impactful like Darcy's talking about crying and sobbing on a plane. I was crying and sobbing <laughs> in my living room. But just the 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 end of the film, and I don't want to give it away because I frankly I think you should watch it in in like holistically, uh, because it's meaningful when you watch it in the context, but is about just the the two main characters, the, the two women watching art and seeing themselves in their relationship in that art and having those reminders of what that connection was like and it is just a really beautiful moment and it's beautifully shot and well acted uh it is uh also uh, i was watching a lot of films directed by women this is also one um so that that particular year was a tough year because i think it was parasite also that that year because there was like I remember like thinking about international feature and how much like I loved Parasite, but how much I also really loved Portrait of Lady on Fire. Um, so I was kind of, uh, I was torn in that way, but no, this is in romance and, and it's 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 really beautiful to watch the romance unfold. And I, I was so heartbroken uh, by the end, but also um, they give you something, the director gives you something to hold on to uh, in terms of, yes, they may not be together. So sorry, spoiler warning, they don't end up together. But there's still there's still love there, and you're able to see it um, by the end, and I think that was so important. So, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, 2019, uh, in romance. I, I have to agree with that pick. <clears throat> I think a, an important part of that is because it's a period piece. Uh, weirdness hasn't is still not really accepted it was le way less accepted back then especially of people of high um even though everyone was doing it it wasn't accepted to talk about publicly of like high born people uh, but queer survival in that sense is so important uh, to talk about especially when you're doing things that are looking back at the past uh, and i find that extremely important not only just to find how you know to survive but also how to live uh it just reminds me of uh a saeed jones book um called how we fight for our lives queer plug queer poetry plug or not poetry um non-fiction his recent book was poetry but uh he does really just a lot of talking about like queerness and about how to fight for yourself as a queer person and things like that there's also i'm i'm, I'm miss talking about it but it's just i'm linking those two in my head right now as i'm speaking but now head empty no thoughts so uh, i have not heard of this pick but now i am intrigued because i do love crying during a film so <laughs> uh, baby not a baby i like being emotionally charged so it's <laughs> important that. to be in Ladies, touch with you your emotions. The emotional charged take take that however you want well, i will be tuning in thank you um yes. also shout out to my lesbians love y'all <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh 
<laughs> but I do want to watch this movie though. I watch it with you. But yo, shout out to these lesbians though. I love lesbians. And I'm not gonna lie, I have seen this on my radar, but I haven't had the opportunity to watch it. And I, after this conversation, I think this is <clears throat> gonna be the next one to watch. Well, see, and that's the whole point. We hope our listeners are also finding some inspiration uh, from these books too. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, so we'll move on to the next person, uh, which is the plastics. What is your category and what is your pick? Okay. Okay. You you want to you want to Sure, I'll do it. Oh, um, but all right. So our pick is for comedy and musical. Uh um, but right. we're going to pick the most basic one. It's, no, not basic. Musical, theater, musical comedy, whatever, general. Um and it's also a movie, Rent. Um <laughs> Rent's going to be her. Okay. But you know Rent is that girl. So let's get into it. So Rent, if you don't know what Rent is about, right? Um it is set in New York. It has a lot of different people in New York with walks of life and it's just, you know, about love and embracing everyone in fact. But I want to bring up the fact about um a queer love story in there, right? Um, specifically in, oh, it's everywhere, yes. Yes, Nino, yes. But I want to bring up the fact, you know, of Angel and a very central role, especially in the time in which Rent happened. And, you know, there is a tragedy that does happen. There's a song called Seasons of Love. And that's what I was talking about when it comes to basic and musical theater in general, because if you are in any musical theater choir ever, uh, you probably sang Seasons of Love at least once or twice. Uh, and you, you know, these straights probably were just like, oh yes, love and acceptance, straight people. But you know, it's for the gays, I, bitch. I had not seen the movie uh, when I did that in middle school, so I had no idea <laughs> what I was singing about. Exactly. And you know what? It is a season of love, just like Pride is a season of love, um, in general, and just comedy musical. I mean, well, there is funny parts in it. No, it was um, a it be, is hilarious, bitch. She the said, the so category those... could have been a comedy or a musical. Oh, not right. that the musical is a comedy. Right, I was right, gonna say the musical definitely not gonna be funny towards the end, bitch. You about to be crying your eyes out, bitch. You, and then if you have to pay rent on top of watching rent, bitch, you're gonna be crying and your pocket's gonna be crying too. Uh, but <laughs> what was I gonna say? How we gonna pay? Yes, rent. <laughs> Um, but I definitely recommend it. Um, also, anything Jonathan Larson is really good too. So, little quick plug to Tick Tick Boom as well, which is on Netflix. Uh, Jonathan Larson is that bitch too. Um, Andrew Garfield was in that too. But uh, in general, rent the movie. That's definitely top pick for comedy musical um, category for LGBTness. Very, very good. She gave. I just want to say I think Rent for when it came out as a musical and as a film was very uh mainstream which it got a lot of mainstream attention that uh i would say as far as representation goes was not necessarily a huge thing and rent was so widely accepted that i uh, correct me if i'm wrong i think it did it really good at pushing more narratives forward for a representation within the lgbtq community so for that yeah i definitely it was like yo we gotta go rent there's no way we oh. gotta do rent and also, not to give a lesbian erasure, yo, shout out to Adina Menzel um, and Miss, what's what's oh, her name? Um, them doing Take Me or Leave Me. That's a fucking, that bitch right there, that duet, that's probably the best duet in that whole entire uh, movie, for sure. I probably would. Well, yeah. No, yeah. But Tra that. Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms. Yo, that duet gave what it needed to give. That's it. <laughs> um, also, speaking on the fact that it was very mainstream, um, Thank goodness for that, because my father, who's a very conservative, like, pastor that, like, you know, 
one of those people um he heard this song um seasons of love and he's like oh this is great this sounds wonderful and then he went to go see the movie with my very liberal very different sister and he was like shook it to the core so at least he it got him a seat in the movie theater to watch it and you know this is what this is what we're here for i also have to bring up that <clears throat> jonathan i don't know if jonathan larson was queer i don't think he was, maybe he was, I'm not sure. But Jonathan Larson was friends with a lot of queer people during a time in the 80s where the Reagan administration, uh, fuck Ronald Reagan, um, where yes. they were sweeping <laughs> it under the rug um, during the AIDS epidemic and just letting people die. die. Um, this musical not only highlights the AIDS epidemic and what was going on with that, or at least trying to go on. It's messy in its messaging sometimes, but it was trying to get people to tell their like to tell these stories because people were were were, were disappearing. There were there were people, you know, men completely gone, drag queens completely gone. Um and they um women queer women of color completely gone. I, everyone was was just dying and he brought it to the forefront and helped bring it to the forefront. And he, he really wanted that to be a mainstay. And if you notice, there, it's a, there's a reason why um, everybody in the cast is usually a, like a person of color, except Roger. Um, Roger? Was his name Roger? Roger, yeah. Yeah, Roger. Okay. Except Roger, he's like the white man. But he also has AIDS. So, you know, they come up together. Um, with everybody, and it, 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 he did that because he wanted to show, like, that this was affecting everybody. I think, and I think that's why Rent is so important. That's why people keep coming back to it. And the movie is, you know, directed by Christopher Columbus. He has his issues with the movie, but still bring it to a, a full circle and like trying to bring some humanity, especially with those um, therapy sessions. I think those are like like the way he shot it and the way the how much respect that he's trying to give towards that i think should be noted as well yeah and i think the, the important thing too is just the and you just spoke to this of like this was something that was not just impacting like the lgbtq plus community that it was low-income folks um it, like this is a holistic story about lots of folks from different walks of life that were not not impact it. I think there's this idea that it was, oh, it's only this particular community, uh, but no, it's anyone who is on the margins um, and we're specifically and systemically pushed to those margins. And so shining a light on that and like, it's one of the most widely known musicals, like anywhere that I've lived, there has been some kind of production ongoing, whether it's a local production, whether there's a, a tour coming through. Uh, so a lot of people have access to the story and I think that's so important. So Rent, for comedy and musical by the plastics. Right. Okay. So Nino, you've got two picks. Uh, so again, for those listening, we, we just go in reverse order, snake fashion. So Nino, your pick. Okay, so I have a couple. Um, I'm gonna have to break some rules here, here and there, and only take parts of things or put things that may not count, but do count if you think about it in certain places. But for my first pick, I think I'm gonna go with drama. Um, very specifically, 
very specifically, and I have to be specific here. I've said it like three times. Euphoria season one and the specials. Everything <laughs> else is trash. Absolute trash. I do not co-sign this. Yo, shout out to season two. <laughs> Continue, Nino. Continue. Um, season one was very special. I, I remember catching I was watching season two. We did podcast on season two with everybody and I caught up very quickly and saw season one in the specials, like in the span of like a week um, to catch up. Uh, and it was very moving. Season one was very moving. Season one was, I think, eye opening. Uh, and I've I loved the fact that it was at the center of it was it besides all the drama and all the, you know, this and that at the center of it was a queer love story and a queer coming of self, like understanding of self uh, with Rue and Jules. Right. And I really liked that aspect of the show. I think it was really important, uh, especially because it was on HBO. And then you have the Jules special, uh, especially that, really highlighted it was like it was like a therapy episode and went through Jules backstory went through like the the break the mental breakdown of what Jules was going through and what Jules had been through and that journey that Jules was going through written by you know Hunter Schaefer mm -hmm. oh it's so it's so good it's so I think it's so good especially it fails in other places. That's why I'm not including season two. Season two was just anxiety inducing, but season one and the specials were special. I think they were special. I think for queer storytelling, but uh, all of that to say that man who runs the show, I don't even know his name. I know he just looks ugly and he doesn't have any talent and can't write the end. What's your second thing? Mr. Sam Levinson is all we said. Now, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Mr. Sam Levinson um, is not the cutest, but not ugly. However, um, yo, season two, shout out, bro. Season two gave what it needed to give. Mind you, it gave a little bit too much I'm, things I didn't think I needed to get. That, I will agree with you on that. Um, but you saying Euphoria for what category? He selected it for drama. Okay. You know what? Shout the fuck out to uh, Zendaya for being that bitch. Let me tell you something. Um, Zendaya is a true national treasure because Zendaya is living fact of taking your trauma and making it into glory. Why? And you know her trauma was? Disney. Disney probably did some shit and she's like, oh, you gave me all these acting skills. Let me show you what I really can do with this shit. Went to Euphoria and let these hoes have it. So shout out to Zendaya, letting these bitches know and give them what it need to give. Uh, but um, besides that, uh, also, shout out, yes, to Hunter Schaefer. Hunter Schaefer, season one, I will say, was way better um, than season two because they wrote it more for, like, everyone else and not Hunter Schaefer. But Hunter Schaefer did carry season one. Um, there was definitely times where I was like, yo, Zendaya was giving in season one, but I think Hunter Schaefer might have taken it for my probably my favorite, like, role in season one. So I agree with you on that. Well, Nino has a second pick. Uh, I do so have a second pick. Um, I'm going to go with Oscar and Emmy nominated. I don't know if this was Emmy nominated. I think it was. Uh, I think it was for, for best song, I think. Uh, okay. And I'm just going to go with a, a favorite of mine, Steven Universe. Um, the complete series, 
Steven Universe, Steven Universe the movie, and Steven Universe Future. So if anyone decides to split them up, no, it's one series. Too bad. Um, it's, I think, importantly, especially when you're talking about children's media, it's important to normalize like the idea of like that queer people are people and that queer people can be multifaceted and that queer people exist i think this show was the not only the product of everything that came before it um because uh, in in terms of like cartoons for children and things like that but i think it also left an imprint on the industry that we've seen uh that can be felt like now there's a lot more queer people and of course we have to give thanks to like rugrats we have to give thanks to you know um to to flapjack to the and then flapjack's not really queer but that's where everybody came from um we have to give thanks to to gravity falls you know for for just pushing those boundaries so that steven universe could even exist but it does show, even though they had to use rules around it to be like, no, they're just they're they're just beings of light. They they don't have a gender or anything. They're just they they don't you know they're okay. They're okay. They were still censored by other countries. Uh, famously, Russia put a mustache on Ruby when Ruby and Sapphire got together and became Garnet. But they show that queer people can have very interesting lives and are normal and i think that's the important part of steven universe also the songs slap songs awesome that's what we're here for that's what we asked for all along the songs are fantastic and i think it just got better over time the end right i'm gonna say this about steven universe uh which i am currently in the middle of watching i went on a brief hiatus uh just a really well-crafted show uh, as far as integrating themes of acceptance and there are seeds that show that it was like, you know, trying to, it's not trying to force this narrative of acceptance towards LGBTQ plus, but it's just, it's, there's a lot of love in Steven universe. And that's portrayed through like many of the episodes, many of the character interactions, the art of fusion and whatnot. Uh, and I just know this, no, not that kind of fusion. <laughs> um, but it's it's just it's 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 when kids watch it because I actually watched it with uh, my third grade students, uh, they love it, they love it, and it's like it's not it's not that when they watch it they're like that's gay, Mister Hooper. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> they don't say that. They just see a show, and I think that's so important uh, when you watch a show like Steven Universe because it, I it I don't think they're trying to push this like you better accept lgbtq plus people but no it's just teaching people how to empathize and love one another and show affection and caring and that it's not always you know uh a to b you know there's many avenues that that could look and i think steven universe does a great job at that so great pick i think it's a great pick uh sugar right sugar is her name uh shout out to her the creator sugar uh yeah Rebecca Sugar and Rebecca Sugar her husband also worked on the show um or not husband I may have misspoke her partner like her you know longtime partner uh works on the show worked on the show as well they created it together um so that's very important shout out to him too I forget you um shout out to them I don't ah! <laughs> shout out to them too um better get it right <laughs> yeah they deserve they deserve recognition as well 
All right. So Nino with uh, Euphoria season one in the specials for drama and Steven Universe for Oscar or Emmy nominated. So we're back to the plastics. Uh, what is your category and your selection? All right. Uh, we're going to take it to Emmy Oscar nominated. Um, and we're going to go with another, dare I say, kind of a trail break, trailblazing show as far as uh, one. It's trailblazing for a couple of reasons, but the representation on the show, uh, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's done really well. We, we've discussed it's done quite well. Uh, multifaceted show, uh, many layers to just kind of people and their walks of life. So similar to Rent in that style. We're going to go with uh, Orange is the New Black um yeah we we got we had to do it we had to do it um orange is the new black uh as y'all know a, a cast of women uh i like goodness i think there's probably five men in that show in in its entirety and i think it just does such a good job at building uh just this story centered around these women in prison and you think you know uh, all that's all you'd get is their prison lives, but when they explore their home lives and their personal character interactions, I think it's just done really well. And then it's just brought a lot of more stories to the forefront, I would say. And then with it being one of Netflix's first like big shows, if not the first big show for Netflix, uh, I think that was a very good move. I, I and I, I'm just gonna say so. For example, Laverne Cox. Uh, you know, just kind of her story and her character story, uh, I think is very good as far as, you know, it was a time where we weren't getting these trans stories. So Orange is the New Black. Apex, anything? Um, uh, Yeah, no, Laverne Cox is amazing. Um, Shout out to her. Uh, Shout out to also... I forgot the main girl, but she looks, I always say she looks like Kitty Pear with the blonde hair. Oh, I forgot um, her name too. Oh, but Piper, Piper. Yes, her and Miss Ma'am from that 70s show, Donna. Oh, Laura Pepperon. Um, yep. Yes. Um, shout out to them. They had some really fire ass sex scenes. I was like, I was I was reconsidering my own sexuality at that point. I was like, damn, they hot. Um, also, you know who else is hot in that show? Miss Ruby Rose. Uh, Ooh, stop to- she's not even in the show can you shout out someone with relevance she does in the show she is in the show barely she's a bad person in the show shout out to samira wiley how about that samira wiley okay say say yes yo shout out to Pusay. uh shout out to oh what the heck is that other girl's name yo just shout oh, out to oh, that danielle cast. brooks danielle brooks yes yes uh tasty 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 yeah yo shout out to her too uh but the show is just really iconic it has a lot of really good uh like episodes it goes over through a lot of different stories um and i think that with it being orange is the new black and it being like women driven with these types of shows with it being in prison i feel like i've seen a lot of like prison shows like prison break um or like things like that it's like mostly men um it's being women it was a fresh take and i was like yo shout out to netflix for that so that's going to get the one because it would have been everything ever all at once but miss ma'am took her so that's fine we gonna we gonna still win the season with this orange is the new black. That's the new animal, black. the animal. <laughs> no mute. Where is that button? <laughs> okay. Uh, what we've learned thus far is if you have not gotten a shout out on the show by Apex, you're not iconic. That's you know 
That's what yeah, you're damn right, bitch. But you still might be legendary. You still might be legendary because Apex just... doesn't recognize legendary. Oh, that's another podcast. Listen, maybe you, maybe a foreshadow or some shit. Maybe there's a Legends be icons, but if you ever find me, ask me what's the difference between legendary and icon, and I'll show you what it is. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm the next pick. And I will just round out the category for Oscar Emmy nominated. And I will be selecting Six Feet Under. Uh, so this originally first season dropped in 2001, I believe. So I'm going to go ahead with an early aughts selection. And so this was a more, I believe I watched it during like season one of the pandemic where everyone was in the house and I needed something with multiple seasons to, to kind of be able to watch. And I wanted something that was done so I can kind of get through and, and have that time together. And I did not anticipate how much I would love the show. Um, one of the best like series finales period, like ever created. But uh, so it is centered around a family that owns a independent funeral home in LA. And so it, it follows like an older brother, a middle brother and a younger sister and kind of the ins and outs of like running a funeral home. So there's like consistent stories each um, episode of like whomever they're preparing a funeral for, plus like the side aspect of like what is going on in their personal lives. And so uh, Michael C. Hall, before he was Dexter, was David Fisher, um, who was a gay character that had a partner throughout the series, Keith. <clears throat> who is played by uh, Matthew St. Patrick. And so they have a, a partnership that moves throughout the series and we get to see kind of the, the shifts in their relationship, uh, the times in which they really love each other, the times in which things are really difficult. And something that was really meaningful to me, I, I recall having this conversation with one of my colleagues. I think we were just like at some party. We like talking about movies and TV shows. And as like psychologists, we would always get into like the uh like relationship dynamics and things that we would see and there is a particular scene between david and keith in the series that has always stuck with me and i actually use now with some of my clients <clears throat> which is they're having this conversation around like i know that you love me but do you like me like as a person and it was such a like just the the back and forth this is a little later into the series as keith and david are like trying to figure out like are we really wanting to stay together and so much of it is around like, you know, I, I love you, but I don't know if like you as a person, if, if we're aligning. And, and there's something about that that, that feels really uh, insightful around and not just romantic relationships, any relationship of we can have a lot of love for people, but it, it's about how we want to spend our time and how we want to be connected to them, whether that feels like a possibility. And I, I think the show did a really great job of being able to explore the ups and downs of what a relationship can look like over time. And I just really appreciated that it was a queer relationship uh, that they were able to do something uh, like that with, that exploration with. And so um, it is an iconic HBO show. I think it it's underrated in terms of a lot of people talk about The Wire or um, The Sopranos or even Game like, of Thrones. I was about to say more recently, Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, but Six Feet Under, there's five seasons uh, and it's a really, really excellent drama. So that is my pick for Oscar Emmy nominated. I never heard of this, but yo, that conversation about I love you, but do I like you? Mm, you better miss Dr. Rika because that is giving. Oof, that was real. Real. 
<laughs> I'm glad that I am now iconic. <laughs> okay. Now you've been iconic, girl. Don't worry about that. Period. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Dars, you have right. two, two picks. Two picks, and I'm gonna keep it on the HBO train here. Um, okay. I love like this like continuation. Let's keep it going. Um, so for mine. This is hard because I'm just going to give my two choices that I have. One for drama, one for romance. Um, and I think they can kind of go like a little interchangeably um, between the two, sort of. Um, but the first one on my list is Looking, which is on HBO. Um, it is um, Jonathan, oh, I can't remember his name. Groff? Thank Groff? you, Jonathan Groff. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Um, so this was actually the first show that I watched, um, that had LGBTQ plus representation on my own that like, I just went and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and just give this a watch. That wasn't like, um, something like Sensate that was like, um, people that I know were talking about it. This is like one that like, I just was going and I was exploring on the, what to watch. And I found this one and I just loved the dynamic between like seeing what it looked like for these characters to kind of have different viewpoints um it was a great i think it was like two seasons in a movie as well seems to be a trend with these types of shows but um i just really loved the aspect of like these relationships what it was like to be in a relationship and then to break up from this relationship and like what that looked like um so it was a it was a, a great tv series i think i binged it all within like a month while I was living in Boston, we were frozen and we were snowed in. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. Um, but yes, looking is my first choice. And Nino, I see you shaking your head. So if you want to add anything, please do. I'm I was just fun. saying, oh, it seems to be a trend. And I'm like, oh, I fucking wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and I just hate studios that just cut off queer joy when we can't have it. We can't fucking have anything. First off um uh, here i come with my motherfucking shout outs uh but i love looking um i used to be when i was in college um i did not have hbo because i was a broke hoe um so i had remember i had saw probably some ad or something you still uh, don't Instagram. have hbo um you're right i have your hbo oh HBO anyway um, <laughs> um but I used to be looking that up like on Vidster, not Vidster, that's uh, not that. Uh, what's that called? All these other uh, like websites. And uh, I was like, dang, this show was really good. I wish I got HBO. And then I had a friend who got HBO. So then I binged it just like you. Um, and so I will say looking is really good in the aspect of I feel that they get down to the nitty gritty and realness real quick on it. Um, also, I am gay. Um, so I do love me my sexually charged gay media shows because, you know, we just love to see it. Um, so Miss Jonathan Groff, shout out to you. Miss Jonathan Groff's British love interest, shout out to you. Uh, Mr. What's his name? Richie, shout out to you, bitch, because oof, I wanted to get it. Um, and also, also the daddy vibes from White Lotus. I can't remember his name from the White yes, Lotus. Yes, the one that also gets his ass ate out at White Lotus. Um, and he's on Last of Us. Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. Um, that. Um, shout out to him. But most importantly, shout out to, uh, um, since we're Team Plastics, Damien is on that show because um, he's on like season two um, or maybe season one. Um, but what's Damien's name? 
I believe uh, his first name is Daniel. I can't Daniel. remember. Daniel Franzig. Yo, yeah. Shout out to Daniel because Daniel is, brings a really good story in there uh, doing the work in there, even though he meets um, Miss Ma'am uh, cruising in the, in the fairy forest. But uh, <laughs> I was like, but you gave what he had to give. And I loved his character the whole time. All right, so that's our second pick. I'm sorry, I'm dying at something that Nino texted our group chat. Uh, <laughs> and we are not going to say this on the podcast for... If you like that, though. The All right, so your second pick. My second pick, Um, this is a, a bit of a toss-up, and I'm not going to give what my second option is, just in case somebody else mentions this option, because it was a very popular show on Netflix. Um, But... The one that I'm going to be going with, because this one had like a lot of um, emotional pull for me. And there seems to be a trend because I did this again on everything, everywhere, all at once. But Love, Simon is going to be my next pick. Um, It was, I think it was directed by Greg Berlanti or written by Greg Berlanti. But um, Love, Simon did a really good job of showing this like teeny bopper kind of like love situation. And then also like exploring what it is to come out and then also that relationship with the family like the the scene where he comes out to his mom tears comes out to his dad tears like it's like it, there's all of these things that are happening um and love simon definitely like it it hit a certain spot in like my heart so like shout out to love simon um loved that movie and it was just it was just a really good um, I feel like representation of what that generation might be going through, like the the older part of that generation. But like, it, it was really cool to see that. And then me being this old haggard bitch, um, just seeing like what these kids were going through. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was the first uh, mainstream rom-com for at least geared towards teenagers uh, that, that did an LGBTQ relationship. So that's what I meant. All right. So, I was also gonna say, um, for Love Simon, these I know these kids get mad because you know Mr. Love Simon is not gay. Uh, actor playing, he's a straight guy playing a gay role. Nick Robinson. Yes, but um, I'll say, yeah, this is bad of me. Um, Simon was me. Um, but I'm not straight. Um, <laughs> saying, but um, that email thing that Miss Simon did with like emailing these boys or whatever and that stuff, that was definitely me. Um, growing up because I didn't know who to talk to. I had nobody gay around me. Um, and stuff like that. So Love Simon did, gave it to me, and also shout out to Love Victor because Love Victor, the show that came off of Love Simon, was really good. Cried my eyes out with Love Victor. Maybe I'm biased because I'm also Hispanic too. But, um, and you know what? In in the continuing trend of the Love series, Love Victor, Michael Cimino is not gay. But you know what? We love our allies, right? It's not about us. <laughs> As he wears the hat. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, the picks for Dars was looking in drama and then let's sign in in romance horror. So we're back to me. And I don't I don't really want to play this. I know we're getting close to like rounding out our categories. And then on top yeah. of that, like, I have so many more awesome choices on my list. And I'm like, when do, yes. who's what? And that is a shout out thread really after. Yeah, well, definitely, if there are some picks that were left off the board, we could certainly uh, make some shout-outs. I'm going to go with comedy musical or musical. This is hard because I have a lot of TV shows that I really, really love. 
but I would like to offer the opportunity to go back in time a little bit uh, because I think we've mentioned a lot of more recent selections. So I'm going to go back to 1982 and I will be selecting Victor Victoria. Mm. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it, uh, hold on, let me make sure I don't. So yes, 1982, uh, starring Julie Andrews, uh, James Garner, Robert Preston, etc. cetera. Uh, and so this film is a musical comedy. So it actually blends both. It didn't have to, but it just so happens to. And it tells the, the story of, so Julie Andrews' character, Victoria, is kind of a down and out British like singer who is struggling to find some work in like 1930s Paris. And she meets uh, a fellow performer in uh, Toddy, played by Robert Preston. Uh, and they kind of concoct a scheme where Julie Andrews's character uh, will impersonate a man who impersonates women. And so she is a woman who was impersonating a man who was impersonating women so that she is able to perform in these shows because it's it was like this novel concept and people were more interested uh, in basically watching drag performance uh, than they were in watching her. Um, so it is for its time, and I, I, I watched it again last night, for its time, it's pretty revolutionary in terms of exploring gender uh, because there is a scene so uh julie andrews's character has a love interest and the first time he sees her she is in drag and he's very much like i'm attracted to this person and i question mark like almost like what's going on here and so there is this like for a 1982 film that is set in the 30s it, it like I, i'm always so surprised at how well it explores not only sexuality but gender expression um and attraction whether romantic or sexual attraction and so there are pieces of it i think like any film from decades ago that could be improved on if it was made in 2023 but i think for something that was made like 30 plus years ago um there is so much like humor um and like some some romance and, and there's these musical moments and beautiful costuming uh but there, there's just a lot here in terms of like okay this is like we're discussing drag and not in a way that like felt uh demeaning like there was a lot of respect for her character and and for her talent um it, within the film which uh, i think considering where we're at right now with all the policies in place where drag is really being put under uh, under the microscope um, that there's plenty of media over time that has, has shown that much of this is about performance, is, is about art, is about expression. This is just one uh, of many films that, that depicts that. So I'm going to pick Victor Victoria um, in comedy or musical. Question, and I might be foolish or ignorant, so please enlighten me. Um, do you is this why or do you think why you know victoria's secret the brand you think they got that from victor victoria i don't believe so <laughs> I, I know i sound dumb but i'm just thinking you never know bitch because you know the gays always be giving the influence to the people they just don't give the credit so i mean not the gays the the straights don't give the credit to the gays but just saying it could be victoria's <laughs> secret was miss man watch victor victoria and it's like oh my name is victor i'm gonna do victoria's secret i don't know you never know <laughs> Well, you do make a point about uh, 
stealing without credit, but I don't believe that is the case. <laughs> uh, but Victor Victoria, I believe, is also became a, a production, a Broadway production too. So it made its way from, and there is an original film, I believe, a German film that inspired the this particular version of the film. So there's a lot of different media that explores explores a lot of this. So that is my selection. Oh, good. My mom actually went to go see in the 90s Victor Victoria. I don't know, remember who was starring in it, but she went to go see it. So shout out to my mom. Shout out to your mom. Yes. All right. So that was now we're back to the plastics uh, for your selection. And before I say it, my fan has the plastics on them. This is why this is a thing. But. Yep. Also, shout out to gotpride.com about this at St. Pete Pride. We love that. Support your local gay businesses. Uh, but let's get back into it. Um, they do not pay us for that advertisement. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, our next one, what's the category again? Romance? Romance and horror. Yep. So romance and horror. Um, our top pick um, is, you know, I, I've been talking on this podcast. So I know I've been a little crazy about, um, you know, sexually charged shows and all that and how, you know, the over-sexualization of like um, gays and how, you know, we do love it. Right. But this show, I feel, does a really good job of age appropriateness um, of being gay. Um, it is a Netflix show um, and it's called Heartstopper. Uh, so that is my top choice for that. Okay. Our choice. Fine. Our choice. I haven't seen it though. Yes, Thanks. exactly. <laughs> Boom. Okay. There you go. This team ain't even real. Boom. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that but, was um, my uh, my second choice with Love Simon. So I'm so glad that this was mentioned. Yes. See. Well, let's get into it. So Heartstoppers. Uh, Heartstopper, not Stoppers. Um, uh, is a show. Uh, you know, it's set in high school. Coming of age stories. Um, you know, I love coming of age stories. I guess I'm particularly with that because, of course, like I came out during high school, so I relate a lot to these kind of stories. Um, and so with it, it's just you know one kid who is out and he's gay and he likes somebody who is on the rugby team which is hilarious because i play rugby uh but um uh, like sam right and he has he's with somebody who is not in the closet but treating him like fucking shit and you know how gays be always accepting anything because they can't they don't get the acceptance anywhere else so they'll take anything um at that point with somebody who may be toxic with them and then there's somebody who they think is really awesome and interesting and that person also thinks they're interesting but they don't they haven't figured out if they're gay or they're bi or anything like that. Uh, but it just goes through that story and doesn't over-sexualize these high school like students. You know, um, I'll give a good over-sexualized show. Maybe someone will claim it on another thing. But Elite, yo, I love Elite. But Elite definitely be given adult. Um, so <laughs> there's that. But um, Heartstopper does a really good job. I cannot wait for Heartstopper season two with that. Um, I think it's a really good piece of media that I feel like if, like if and when I were to have kids, I want to show them that um, if like any of them were like, you know, uh, was worried to be gay or lesbian or anything like that um, to be like, look, here's like a good piece of media that I feel is age appropriate and gets to the root of what you're trying to come across without having to have them, you know, I don't know, suck a dick or something like, you know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Oh, can I say that? Yes, it's Sorry. fine. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Happy Pride. <laughs> okay. All right. Or so Munch stopper. for the lesbians. We go with that too. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It is important to uh, explore <laughs> what you feel comfortable exploring with the consenting partner. So 
Have yes. fun, everyone. Be yes. safe. All right. So that is Heartstopper in Romance or Horror for the Plastics. We're back to Ninial, who has two selections. Uh, I believe these would be, oh, well, two of your last three selections that are available. So let us know what they are. Okay. So I might break a rule here. This is a filmed production that was primarily broadcasted on the internet as a production. So it counts as film, even though it doesn't take into full effect of the film medium. It's it's fil- It's on film and you can watch it online. That's where I'm getting to this. Um, so if anyone knows about Starkid, right? Starkid Productions, they have um, some of their members rent and created Tin Can Bros. Uh, so there's this very specific musical that kind of recontextualizes history called Spies Are Forever. And I'm putting it in the comedy musical category just because it's fun, it's different, it breaks the rules a little bit, and queer should always be breaking rules, pushing boundaries. Um, But this musical was just really well done. I won't spoil anything uh, because I suggest everyone go watch it and just trust me um, that this is a queer musical. Repeat watches are always beneficial um, because the first time you go through it and don't know the twist, um, you think that this is just your run-of-the-mill spy musical thriller. It is not that. It is. It, there are so many layers to this musical once you figure out what actually is going on. And the way that they played off and act in certain scenes are completely retextualized um, and queerified which I love because this is talking about a specific moment in history uh, where spies at the height of the Cold War, 1950s um, US, there was like something called the Lavender Code or the Purple Code, something like that. Um, And spies could not be gay, spies could not be, and there was the element of being a spy where you had to like live a double identity, but also be a double identity within your double identity. That's just really interesting and that, I like that. Um, so that is a really good musical that was put on, filmed in a production that's online that you can go see. Go see it. It's fantastic. That's my comedy or musical pick. Now I have to go to my wild card pick mm-hmm. um, immediately because this is like an easy uh, lay-in. I think maybe this should have been flipped around. Oops. Um, I don't believe in consistency, but my wild card pick, that should have been my wild card pick, but whatever. Um, Shit's Creek will be my wild card pick um, because I think that it's a fantastic piece of media, piece of queer media that brings to light, like it, it being queer is just like a facet of it, um, mm-hmm. among other things, among other, the hijinks of this little town, but it's never like, People are never persecuted for it. It kind of explores the relationships between people when they are queer. And I love that. I love that just everybody's just like, oh, more, you know, almost everybody's queer and not everybody, but at a certain subsection, they're queer. 
and it then they always talk about things openly about attraction and it has one of the one of the sweetest love stories uh between two men uh that are really great and also like the the what do you call it the it also shows like some of the interest like the weirdness the weird queer gray area when you have also queer friends but and you're both attracted to each other and you know kind of like in or the earlier seasons that's you know that's also valid has space but the love stories where we really like talk about the love story between these two people are just fantastic uh, and i you just root for them until the very end and you cry and you cry and you cry uh, um love it live laugh love <laughs> Not live laugh love just kidding also, um, hate you, Nino, because um, uh, Shit's Creek was definitely on our list. So I was like, nah, that's why you saw us in the microphone. I mean, in the um, camera, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not watching YouTube, it, I'm sorry, because, you know, we got a lot of reactive faces. But, um, yo, Shit's Creek is so good. Oh, my gosh. Letty is so good, especially the love interest. Um, gosh, what is his name? um david and patrick patrick i need a patrick in my life shout out taking applications who want to be the patrick uh but patrick was giving so good and patrick's not gay in real life but patrick was uh really good for the entire thing especially the proposal scene i know i'm totally freaking um spoiler alert there is definitely gonna be a proposal at some point uh but when it happens my jaw was on the floor and these tears were coming out um and you know what I really appreciate about Shit's Creek? They didn't overdo it. They uh they like they knew they had something good and they ended it good on like a good amount of pacing. They didn't have like 15 or 16 different seasons to like milk it out. Um so shout out to ja to Dan Levy and Eugene Levy for being an awesome dad. Um the Levies cuz they carried and that's why they swept the Emmys that year and they rightfully deserved it. Don't care what people say. They rightly deserved it the whole way. Also Alexis too. A little bit of Alexis is a gay bop Miss Man. An anthem. An, an anthem, anthem, girl. An anthem. Who can say they got an iTunes thing and it charted? Yes. <laughs> it did indeed. All right. So two picks from, from Nino that are potentially interchangeable, but it's all right. So comedy musically selected Spice Forever and then Wild Card Shits Creek. So we are back to the plastics. You all have two categories left, but only one pick for right now. So what are we going with? Um, we're gonna take it back to uh, created by, created, written, directed. Um, uh, you know this. I don't know if this is a controversial pick. I think this. Uh, our next pick is definitely when looked at in retrospective, it is not as widely, uh, looked at the same per se. Um, but when it came out at the time, definitely it was leaning towards more being progressive it is very over dramatic at points uh but there is some good representation within the show uh and it's a overall fun time for those who were living it and part of it when in its heyday we got to take it back to another ryan murphy entry we're gonna go with glee we're going <laughs> with glee, glee. uh <laughs> Hey, don't Glee, you get, don't you don't, give me that look. Don't. I know, know y'all ain't talking shit because Glee definitely got all of us together. So, I was about to say, absolutely, literally, <laughs> yes, uh, Nino, change your face. Shout out to Nikki. You know, Glee is that it girl, and they ain't playing tag. Listen, 
<laughs> uh, okay, I'm just gonna highlight as far as Glee goes. You know, Glee is fun. The music is fun. Yada yada. Uh, Kurt, it's season two. Uh, Chris Colfer, probably the shining piece of season two. He won an award. He did. He won a Golden Globe for uh, best supporting actor. And you know who won supporting actress that year? Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Yeah. There you go. All right. Two queer people, or I'm sorry, two. Uh, uh, <laughs> just, just say it. Be just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm like, yes, continue. But yes, queer. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and their characters are very good. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think their stories at times within the run of Glee are done pretty well. At times, keyword. At times. Um, <laughs> Nino's and again, right and again, <laughs> Glee. Glee. Say what you will about Glee. Glee had a very mainstream audience that again these stories were not being seen and i think that's very important because you know say what you will about glee glee paved a, like a, a route a nice little route it's generational it's generational yes like i don't think you get a lot of stories like ryan murphy does not do pose if he had not done glee yeah well okay Okay, let's let's let, let me get in here. Um, so yes, on that, um, pose is way better. Agreed, agreed, agreed. However, let's get to the facts about it, ladies and gentlemen, and all of them in between. Um, your show could never have over two hundred Billboard Hot one hundred hits. Glee did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hundred hits. Okay, your show could never. They might not even have two hundred songs on their catalog, let alone in that. Miss Ma'am. Um, also, shout out to Naya Rivera. Um, because yes. Naya Rivera yeah, scene you. with the grandma. Oh, ma'am. Killed me right there. Absolutely destroyed me um, on that. It killed that. Also, definitely had a gay awakening when Blaine came out, even though Blaine is not gay. However, uh, well, Blaine's gay. I can, I, it's okay. It's okay. I just, I'm sorry I had to interrupt. But he... He's the person that made me who I am today. Her. Darren Chris. I Darren, Darren Chris. Chris. And you know, and you, I know exactly when it happened. It happened definitely on the song Teenage Dream when he goes, yeah. Oh, it was, the it was not Teenage Dream. The floodgates were out, girl. It was, it was out. not Teenage, teenage Dream. Was, was when he was other. admitting to cheating on Kurt. Oh, cheating it was on not Kurt. Teenage Dream. It was the one yes. in the in the the store, the clothing store. Yes. That one. Yes. Uh, Dang, what song is that? Oh shit! Oh, no. I'm gonna look it up. We're not real fans. Um, Jane Lynch also won an Emmy for Sue Sylvester. Uh, didn't know that, so there's that too. Yes, and yeah. that's how Sue sees it. And guess what? That's how the plastics see it too. Glee is that girl. Um, uh, definitely, yeah. Glee was great. Um, I'm not gonna say about another wild card that we have because it's potentially possible. Um, when I get you alone. What? When I get, you, I get alone. you alone. You know what, Darren Chris, if you listen to this podcast, you can get me alone anytime, Miss Ma'am. Just don't <laughs> be giving Same. I need you to give me Darren Chris um as Glee and not Darren Chris as the Versace murderer. Yes. Because uh, I don't want to die. <laughs> so, there you um, go. But in Darren Chris, uh, if you also um you'll be in a polyamorous situation because there's three of us on here. Oh, it's okay. There's enough of you to go around. We yeah. love I promise. Shout out to, shout out to Darren. <laughs> Uh, and shout out to his wife, who is also very attractive. So I'm just saying, we're here. I, I didn't know and we we're had queer. a wife. We're here. Invite your wife. It's we're okay. allies. And we're I'm here. Okay. I'm a, I don't need to be included in that. It's all right. He, yeah. And you will not be. Um, it's so funny. 
It is. Uh, Grandmaster did bring up uh, the the five of us on this podcast did meet from being in a Glee club ourselves uh, during college. So it is Glee is. It has to be a pick. Glee is life. Okay. Glee is life. Uh, do y'all Michelle Stan cancel <laughs> him? Just kidding. I'm like, I love Leah. Also, shout out. You know, we, I, we didn't shout out Alex Newell. They oh my gosh! Yes, yes, Tony. Shockall. There is no Alex Newell without Glee. Come on. They were they were part of the Glee project. Yes. Glee's homophobic for um. You know what? You know, shout out to the man who won Glee um project or whatever and got his little time to fame with who the, dreads. the dreads. Um, Mr. Ma'am, I'm sure you won on that. But come on, Alex Newell should have won that. And they, um, they struck gold. And, and now and now project, they have Alex Newell was giving. Now they have a sender. They are a Tony winner. All right. Before Leah uh, Michelle. Period. <laughs> Karma. Uh, already. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Good thing this is. Good thing you said that in a podcast because you know if you tweeted that, she won't fucking read it. <laughs> What's you y'all's favorite? What? Wait, what's your favorite Glee cover before we move on? Uh, Glee cover. If I'm quick, going. Quick. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, um, like um, you. no, no, no. Yes, the someone like you. Um, mashup with uh. Rumor has it. Yes. Oh my god. That is yes. such a good. Yeah. That is it. Honestly, they're, like all their mashups are banger. Um, their mashups are good. Don't cancel me for this, but Gwyneth Paltrow, almost every single song that she did, like "Landslide," "Do You Want to Touch," like "Forget You," I loved all of those. Her umbrella is good oh, no, too. Gwyneth Paltrow An umbrella. To get, bitch. Mind you, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow running one in Emmy for Glee, so that's crazy as well. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Doesn't she have a book on like her vagina? Her daughter's name. Her daughter's her daughter's name is Apple. Oh, work. All right. Anyway, this um, is favorite Glee cover. Moving on. Um, what's that song? Hurry up! Hurry up! Somebody that I used to know. Uh, um, with Matt Bomer. Well, that was very and good. Yo, yeah. they gave up. They really did. They they did indeed. All right. So it's me. Um, you. I have two selections. Two? I could make well I have oh, you got like two, two more. categories. Okay, yeah, yeah, it. I have two categories up. So I oh no. Hmm. Created, written, directed by an LGBTQ plus person. I'm going with 1999's The Matrix. Ooh! 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 I'm going with yes, 1999's 100%, The Matrix. Yes, Where my pills. Love it. Great uh, choice. Wish I chose so, it. The Wachowskis have already been discussed, uh, having had created since eight, uh, but they had some really wonderful creations before that. One of which is one of the most iconic action sci-fi films like ever. Um, and so I, and also with recognition too, and they, they've spoken about this multiple times about the way in which the story of the matrix is an allegory for the experience of being trans which a lot of trans folks had discussed before, they, the Wachowski spoke more to it. Um, but I think, yeah, I, there's something to, what comes up for me is that queer media doesn't always have to just focus in on tragedy or focus in on coming out, that there is a whole spectrum, both literally and figuratively, of experiences or creation 
uh, that kind of falls under that umbrella. And I think the matrix is one of them. Um, and so this is also, I think, when we, we consider uh, identity, shout out to Keanu um, and shout out to Carrie Ann Moss, because, you know, it it's wonderful to, to recognize some of your queer identity when you see multiple people in like latex, um, just shooting things and riding on motorcycle things and flying through the air and being attractive. So, you know, it's important to, to many queer folks in many ways. Um, but also it's just like, it slaps, like it still holds up today. It's a really great movie. Uh, I have thoughts about the sequels, but that's not important right now. What is important is that the the uh, like the Matrix cannot be denied. A lot of folks, uh, regardless of where they fall on the spectrum, regardless of what they feel about movies, know and say that the Matrix is an excellent film, and that it was made by trans women. I'd just like to point out. I think Nino put me onto the Wachowskis as far as one. And this whole concept about the Matrix being a film about trans people. And I saw it when he explained it. And then I had no idea that they had both uh, transitioned at the time. And I was, I, my mind was like, whoa, this is crazy. Crazy because I, I, I don't know. I just never heard of that uh, twins transitioning, which I think is awesome. I think that's awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, uh, as, as you said, I like when these stories, uh, sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, necessarily about the experience. You can mask the experience in an epic slow-mo gunfight, you know, uh, a giant uh, highway chase where people are jumping through cars and slicing people with swords. It's fun. Period. It's cool. It's different. Um, I like stories like that. I like when you can when you can metaphorically take your experience and just you know in it not enhance it but like just put it under a different spectrum to you know and then because i bet you so many people so many people now threw their matrix dvds away when they realized it was a trans story they said, get this propaganda shit out of here. And then you know what they ended up doing? They ended up downloading it on a DVD because they said, no evidence. <laughs> I'm not a DVD. Downloading it off Netflix. That's what I meant. Um, also, yes, allegorical. Yes. Gays, we love that. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, gay as fuck. I don't know anything about them that. Them gays love cutting up. Boom. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Maybe, maybe, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I... I I was saying that Nino had re reacted whenever I had mentioned the Matrix, so I want to check in and see if he has any thoughts before we move forward. Oh, I just love the Matrix and I love the Wachowskis. Excellent. But y'all don't like Speed Racer, though, so y'all not real fans. I do like Speed Racer. I haven't seen Darce it. Darce just rolled his eyes. Because I haven't seen Speed Racer either, and it's always, if you don't like, like this, the then there's always stipulations to his love. Well, wait, guess wait. what, Darce? We're going to ignore Grandmaster as we move forward. It's a Darcy's pick. <laughs> All right. So I think I'm actually rounding off my last you have, two Yes, your last two picks. So I have comedy and wild card. And um, unfortunately, I'm going to be hopping off after I give my two choices. So y'all can fight on this one. But for comedy, um, my choice is bros. No, I'm just kidding. It's not bros. Um, my choice is... Um, 
bitch, the way I went, bomb bros. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, my choice is, um, it's a smaller movie. Uh, not that many people might have known about it, but it's called Fourth Man Out. Um, it's just about a bunch of like guys that are really good friends. They were friends throughout all of high school. And um, they're like in their young adult life together. And it has someone from Glee in it, actually. But it's about one of the guys that are is just coming to the realization that he's gay and that he comes out and he's trying to navigate what his friendship is going to look like with his other straight friends. And he just doesn't, it gets awkward, it gets uncomfortable, but like in the funniest ways. But at the end of the day, they're like, you're my brother, you're, you're my friend. Like, there's nothing that you can do that's going to ever make us feel like we aren't going to love you. So... Um, huge shout out to that movie. Um, also shout out to, I'm going to say this live and on camera, shout out to Grandmaster Hoop for also saying the exact same thing when I came out to him. So it made me cry. Whatever. Do the sniper. Just kidding. Listen, listen. When you were explaining this movie, I was looking at Apex. I was like, wow, that sounds like when Darce came out to me. Uh, whatever. <laughs> So yes, it was very emotional. I don't want to downplay it, but like honestly, when I came out to Grandmaster Hoop, he did give one of the best reactions that made me cry. Um, and that movie was a very great telling of like some guys that are just trying to like balance this masculinity and like this like, oh bro, like what's up? And like punching each other in the arm. But then like at the end of the day, they're all like having fun with it and just like, talking it and sometimes even the straight guys know more about gay things than the, the gay guys so it was a lot of fun um i, I recommend it i know some stuff i don't know if you <laughs> i don't know much um i'm well versed i mean i'm well versed first i'm an ally i have to learn these things i love you darcy your... oh no that was very sweet <laughs> what is your last pick for wild so, card my last pick for wild card and then um i'm gonna text the group some of my honorable mentions so that they can mention at the end of the podcast but my last choice for wild card and i've been debating about this one um but we talked about it right before we started streaming this and i'm like you know what this is this is it are you the one is a reality tv show and it is uh basically kind of like a perfect match you have to go and find um who in the house is considered your perfect match based off of like a quiz that you take personality test they talk to your exes they talk to your parents they they go through like this whole thing to try to find who your perfect match is and that was for all of the straight couples in from season one through seven but season eight this was the first time that i have ever seen and i think it ever came out as a dating show for lgbtq plus people and not only did it was it like all guys or all girls, it was a combination of all genders, even non-binary, even trans people. So this TV show or this reality TV show and trying to find the dating and trying to go through all these things. Yes, it had so many toxic moments where it was like, why are they doing this? Or man, like they're really like making this person look bad. But at the end of the day, they're also human people that like are going to make bad decisions that are going to do some of these things. So season eight of Are You The One, huge shout out to that was my wild card. Um, and another shout out is that that was the only season that they actually brought a trained therapist to come in and talk to the to the team every 
uh, week and like try to go through and break down some of these emotional barriers, try to break down like why they feel a certain way, why to like how their relationships are like going through um, some of these things. So if you haven't seen Are You the One season eight, I highly recommend it and go out there, enjoy and explore. Yes. Also, uh, it's a great show, but also shout out to first off, shout out to Justin. Uh, Justin's hot as hell on this show. Um, I also saw Justin at Boxers one time in New York and I was like, I know you and I don't know him. Um, and I forgot that he was on this show. So if you listen to this podcast, Justin, sorry, but also, hey. Uh, and uh, shout out to Miss Remy, Miss Messy Remy in this damn show. Oh my gosh, y'all, when y'all watch this show, look out for Remy. Remy brought the drama. Re There's a lot of times I about to throw my fucking shoe at the TV because I was like, Remy, if you don't stop with this mess that you making, but um, hopefully Remy get a bit, get another gig or something too, because Remy was good TV, even though Remy was giving the house down mess boots. So yeah. And uh, honestly, shout out to all the participants because each of them was, they were all able to get very vulnerable with how they were experiencing mm -hmm. things. And again, this was crazy to see an unscripted vulnerability like type moment on reality TV shows. So shout out to that. Oh, and Kai West, mm, get it. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to review your picks real quick, Darce, uh, since you're you're going to pop out. But Darce selected Looking for Drama, Fourth Man Out for Comedy or Musical, Love, Simon for Romance or Horror, Everything Everywhere All at Once for Oscar not or Emmy nominated, uh, Create It Written, Directed by an LGBTQ person, you picked Fire Island, and then lastly, Are You the One Season 8 specifically for Wildcard. Darce, thank you for being on. Thank you. And also shout out to you for bringing this to the table and for um, uh, Angelo or sorry, I don't know. Ange, Ange, Tangelo, Tangelo or Ange. I, I don't know what their um, Tangelo, uh, Tangelo. Favorite name is on our Yonko yes. table, but Tan yes. Tangelo, uh, yes. Shout out to Tangelo and Dr. Rika for being able to put this together. Um, this was amazing. And hopefully every year we can do something similar to this. Fingers crossed. But I'll see y'all later. Continue going and then represent me well when I give out my uh, my honorable um, mentions. They better be good. We'll see. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, Darsh. So I am the next person to pick. Now that Darsh is out, we can talk all this shit. Okay, no flag. I'm kidding. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so I have wild card, which means I can select anything. Oh no. Ooh, ooh decisions, okay. decisions. Yeah. We're doing like an honor mention, honorable mentions, no? Yeah, at the yes. end. Yeah. But yeah, you got to pick one. Mentions. Like this is your one wild card. You got to. Yes. Who are you rounding out your all all star team with right now? So I'm going to pick something. Use your team of six. I realized I have not selected something like super current. So like in the 2020s. So that's what I'll do for my wild card. And I am going to select a league of their own. Ooh. So this okay. Is on. Um, oh, Amazon. you're choosing, you're choosing, you're choosing the show. The show. From Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, which uh, Nino had mentioned this earlier of the tendency for queer media to be cut off. Uh, and this is another one where we're getting a very short season two and then it's done. Uh, so I'm disappointed in that. But 
Uh, so this is on Amazon. If you all are interested in watching it, you should. So it is similar to the movie in that it, it takes a lot of inspiration of like, it is uh, like forming a women's baseball league, uh, but it's very much focused in on the stories of the various characters. Um, some of which feel really similar from the film and then some of which are very different. What I appreciated about the film is that it's like, in, not the film, <laughs> I do love the film, but about the TV show uh, is it is incredibly queer like all the various relationships between some of the teammates, um, even outside of the, the teammates. So there's a lot of relationships uh, amongst folks in the team and within the league. But something that I had not anticipated is there is a main character and let me make sure I get it, uh, this person's, uh, which one is it? Oh, here we go. Okay, so the, the main character I believe it may be Max, Maxine. Uh, so she is like a pitcher and she's a black woman and she is trying to be a part of the league. And so there is that piece of like, it is a predominantly white league. And at this day and age, there was uh, the Negro league for specifically black baseball players that was separated out from the MLB. Um, and, but then even within the women's league that was trying to be formed, it, the segregation was, was present as well. And so she was trying to kind of uh, be a part of the league because she loved baseball. And so there was that particular storyline, but she was also trying to navigate her own identity um, as a lesbian and even uh, as far as like gender is concerned, kind of trying to navigate like what feels uh, true for me, what feels aligned for me. And there's this really, really wonderful scene uh, later on in the show where she finally has connection with an uncle uh, of and the sibling of, I believe, her mother, who she would hear a lot about, but would, never had any kind of contact. And later we learn it's because uh, her uncle is a trans man. And so being able to, to see kind of the conversation between the two of them and the relationship that not only that they had together, but also that the uncle had with his partner um, and the conversations, like, again, I think I mentioned a little earlier how important it is for me to see just like the experiences of Black queer folks within media. And this gave a part of that along with exploring the, the other various stories too, uh, specifically Carson and Greta are like one of the main main couples. But I really just appreciate it, Max's story. And I wanted to pick something that was like within the 2020s since I, I kind of I'm hopping around different decades. Um, and so I'm going to pick a league of their own. I, I just want to ask, you know, do you have have you seen the original movie? Yes, I've seen the original movie, and yeah. So would you say? Because uh, I don't want to say you know like which is better or, but do you think this elevated the original movie? Uh, like, if if the think... original was like the baseline, mm -hmm. this movie it wasn't just like this. This series wasn't just a remake or a retread. They took <laughs> that baseline and it was elevated. Would you say that? Yeah. I would say, yeah, like it isn't like a sequel series. It isn't a remake either. Like they, they were really intentional. Like I, more than anything, I think they just take inspiration from. Sure. So there, there's still, again, like the, the whole storyline of like, there's a character who was married and the husband is away at war. And so she decides that she wants to kind of be part of the league. She really loves baseball. So there's still pieces of that that are present uh, that kind of take inspiration from the film, but we because it's a tv show you have a lot more time to explore the characters than like a two-hour movie does and so being able to do that they they added in those extra parts of like race and gender and gender expression etc so 
yeah, I would say they did elevate kind of what was already a really, really great film. Um, and but just had more time to be able to explore the pieces that you just can't do in two hours. So highly recommend. Yeah, I say that might be why TV is the way to go nowadays. But all right, I'm I am intrigued. I I saw four episodes season two renewal. Um, yeah, they, it was disappointing. This first season was really great, and then they you know reduced the amount of episodes we'd get for season two, so that was disappointing. But at least we're getting something to kind of round out the series. That round out baseball. <laughs> yeah. See. So, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, well, the plastics. What is your wild card pick? Before we get into it, um, you know me and my shout outs. Shout out to Miss Dr. Rika um, for giving y'all children listening to this podcast a different decade movie. You know what they call it? Education. That's why it's doctor. So, you know, get yourself into school. However, speaking of school, let me get serious real quickly. Okay. So this, we are picking a movie and the movie is probably one of the greatest movies of all time um, for a lot of people. I don't know if it's for me, but it is. It is kind of for me, yeah. Um, and it's a wild card. It is generational movie. It is iconic. It is legendary. Um, it has an incredible cast. Um, and it's so referential in cross pop culture that it is probably one of the pop culture's biggest movies ever. And that is Mean Girls is getting it for the wild card. The gays have adopted Mean Girls. It's ours. Fuck y'all hoes. I'm kidding. I'm playing. <laughs> um, no, but Mean Girls is definitely getting it um, for all those reasons above. Also, it is our team name. And um, there is a gay character, Damien. Uh, but let's be honest, that movie's pretty gay. Period. Oh, Jonathan um, Bennett, too. <laughs> oh, yes, Jonathan Bennett. Man, Jonathan Bennett can get it, too. Him and his husband. Anyway, um, but it is really gay. Um, gays, why is it gay? Let me explain to you why it's gay beyond the gay characters. So, gay people, we are already, they, they reference us all the time. They love to use a lot of the lines that we say on a lot of things. If we want to do reality TV, we could have been doing a lot of reality TV as well. Gays also adopted Tiffany Pollard. Hey, boo, love you. Um, and stuff. We also, Mean Girls, just like gays, um, they love to dress up in costumes. They have a Halloween party. A lot of people like to be Mean Girls in Halloween parties. Uh, and just in general, Mean Girls being for Pride Month, I would recommend watching it during Pride Month. It gives you a lot of shit to say to a lot of these people. When they try to clack on you, you clap back on them with the Mean Girl stuff, being like, um, stop trying to make something happen. It's not going to happen. Um, I went to um, like Pride literally yesterday, and I was like, I can be like one of these lawmakers and be like, stop, make, stop trying to make Pride happen. It's not going to happen. But guess what? We're still here. All right. That's it. Mean Girls is great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just like the movie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Grandmaster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, to Apex's point, I, I definitely see, I think the community has adopted it more than the straights, yeah, for sure, um, which is totally okay by me. Um, it's just a great movie. I'm glad. I'm glad this movie exists. Uh, it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, I don't think it really... Um, <laughs> I don't know if it helps the community in any sort of way. Granted, that wasn't the point of the movie, but you know, it doesn't diss them either. So it definitely helps the community. Yeah, I feel like the community if, if there's a move, it helps give a bridge to allies like you okay. to be like, oh yeah, I like gay shit, like Mean Girls. 
There you go. <laughs> okay. I do like Mean Girls. It also um, gives it also gives them uh, uh, ammunition because then it gives the straights a lot to be like, oh, he's so gay to function. And be like, bitch, what you call me? And be like, oh, I was just referencing a movie. I, I, and I also just like <laughs> to point out, a lot of people don't know this. The uh, Janice is not a lesbian. Janice is Lebanese. Yeah, she gets with that guy that calls Kate Africa all the time. No, but Regina thought when Janice told her that she's Lebanese. Yeah, because Regina is just a dumb bitch. But Regina is that bitch, though. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You're not going. You're not going <laughs> to ignore the queer subtext of Regina George. Regina George is an in the closet lesbian let's she all did join the lacrosse team yep so she must be like being you fucking stereotypical bitch <laughs> i was like continue she, go ahead mr nino i'm not there, that great there is now. a reading of that movie that makes sense because when you look when you're talking about queer theory you're talking about desire and regina george like yes even though she's being with different men you know for a certain reason she's never beyond like her all her points of desire revolve around women, how she will be seen by women, how women will view her, how she sees other women. Men are like the afterthought. And it's just very interesting that when she separates herself from that hierarchical structure, goes into like a lacrosse thing. And of course, it's a very stereotypical at the end, but also it goes on the lacrosse team and then finds success, finds acceptance, and finds an outlet for her anger issues. There's a change, but the implied change is that she went into a community where she was accepted for who she is. So there is a lot of queer subtext specifically with Regina George. And I think that um, a lot of people miss it because they think, haha, funny movie. Missed but it. I think it's absolutely important like if you go rewatch it and think in mind regina is just a big lesbian that's why she makes fun of people who's or a lesbian or who th thinks are lesbian or she thinks are gay but think about it she's the only one that is working on this dynamic where i need to think about what other women are thinking especially of what they think of me i i think that is one avenue that can be accepted for sure two things can be right on that i also think that you know there's just bitches who are out here and love controlling people and i know plenty of these straight women maybe they're just closeted angry lesbians you know maybe that's the case if they just get a little bit with another girl women can just solve their own problems by just getting with other women is that what we say everyone saying? is gay until they're <laughs> proven straight Everybody's mm. gay until proven straight it's it, it's like rewriting we're, america we're, when they're yeah. like oh yeah being we're gay so this, do crime yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit, the spirit. <laughs> all right well nino you have the very last pick of our pride tv movie draft in romance yes. or horror what do you yeah. think um i am bigger on horror when it's like books i would say uh, mm -hmm. but i'm gonna go with a romance film here especially queer horror i have to give a shout out to queer horror in books they're doing great things right now, especially with the queer subtext. Queer horror in movies, I'm still waiting for it to catch up a little bit, unless people want to illuminate me in the comments of this video, this podcast, want to reach out, give me some good queer horror. I'd love to, to see it. But I'm going to go with a very classic pick. I really like this movie when I saw it. It's an older pick now, but it was monumental for its time. Um, I'm going to go with, but I'm a cheerleader. Um, very yeah. classic pick, very good fun, 
seeing RuPaul act like a stream. RuPaul's in a movie. First yeah, off, yeah. Did you just fucking say that. Cancel this. Did you just man. say RuPaul Cancel was in a movie? him. I'll leave. RuPaul <laughs> did not come out as Rachel Tensions for in a Confederate flag dress for you're you to say that. You're still in the shot because you're in the, in the mirror. Um, but what do you call it? Um, but I'm a cheerleader is just great. It's a great piece of media. Uh, and it's a great piece of like discussing like this idea in like a very fun way. Yeah. Um, because I think it's, it's important for, you know, things to be, camp is a very important part of queer culture, I think, especially yep. in this country. And I think that movie does it really well. Um, it doesn't take everything too seriously. Um, is her name Natasha Leone? Natasha Leone? Oh, is Natasha Natalie Leone Leon. in there? Yeah, yeah. Natasha Leone yeah. starred in it. Yeah. Um, and what do you call it? Uh, there was another actress that that played her love interest that started along. Yeah, she's so great on. as well. Yeah, she is wonderful. Excellent pick. I just rewatched this the other day. Uh, Melanie Never seen it. Uh, Linsky. Melanie uh, Linsky. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, it's very funny. It still kind of holds up, uh, which I really it appreciate. It yeah. does. Uh, they're uh, still, you know, aging because aging happens. But it, it's surprised that a movie. I'm surprised that a movie like this got made in 1999. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. And if you've been enjoying like the Barbie aesthetics that we've been seeing with uh, Greta Gerwig's whole campaign, uh, but I'm a cheerleader has a lot of just like colorful aesthetics that, that feel very similar. So if, uh, yes, it should be. What did I just watch it on? I can't recall. But it is on one of the streamers because I just watched it on one of them. So it's your streaming on. All right. Well, I will read out all the various suggestions and then we'll just talk about what didn't get picked. Um, so for drama, we had Moonlight, Looking, Euphoria, specifically season one in the specials, and Pose. For comedy musical, we had Victor Victoria, we had Fourth Man Out, Spies Are Forever, and Rent. For romance or horror, we had Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Love, Simon, But I'm a Cheerleader, Heartstopper. For Oscar or Emmy nominated, we had Six Feet Under, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Universe, and Orange is the New Black. For created or written or directed by an LGBTQ plus person, we have The Matrix, Our Island, Sense8, Glee. And lastly, for Wildcard, we had A League of Their Own, Are You the One, specifically Season 8, <laughs> Shit's Creek, and then Mean Girls. So the things that were not selected, uh, we had some big ones and then some smaller ones that folks may not as, be as familiar with. I'll start because I have like an unbearably long list. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, Pariah, which is a 2011 release, highly recommend, I believe it's on Amazon. Um, God's Own Country, I had One Day at a Time, which so I believe the first few seasons are on Netflix, uh, but the last season, season four, is on, ooh, I can't remember the streamer, uh, but One Day at a Time. The 2017 version, I should mention, because there was a, an older version. Uh, Shiva Baby, I highly recommend that. Uh, it's really short. I believe it's like under 90 minutes, and it's like anxiety-inducing, but it's also really well done. Sex Education on Netflix, Book Smart. Uh, the Way He Looks is a Brazilian film. Super cute. I think the way that... I believe Apex talked about one of your selections. It's either you or Dars, maybe both of you, in terms of like being really drawn towards um, like high school coming of coming age stories. Process. Yes, coming of age stories. Uh, the way he looks is a 2014 film. It's 
from Brazil that is like a coming of age story. Uh, and, it, and it's super, super cute. Uh, so highly recommend. You talked about uh, horror, uh, Nino. This is sort of like on the line of horror. Um, so In the Flesh is a 2013 British series. Um, I, for those of you who are maybe on the internets, uh, specifically Tumblr in like the 2010s era, um, whenever you wanted to watch a particular show, particularly from the UK, a lot of the times people would send you a link to a Google Drive. And so he would watch hmm. the show via Google Drive files because they weren't always on streamers. I watched In the Flesh on a Google Drive and it is about zombies and like there is like this outbreak of like this zombified situation disease i don't really know um and people that are zombies are still alive like they were able to figure out a way to like they're still conscious and, and whatnot so they've gone back to their families and there is this like love story between two zombies and it's like so it's, they have some horror elements but it's also like romance um Desert Hearts is a 1985 film, a super tender. It's just like a romance film. I think it's on HBO. I count Jennifer's body as a piece of queer media. Yes. Um, if you want something for horror. I also count Hannibal, the 2013 TV series, as a piece of queer media. Um, and so other picks, uh, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, 2021 film. Mm. Um, yes. Saving Face is from 2004, um, and if you watch the half of it, which is on Netflix, and that's kind of like a coming-of-age story, the director of that film, her first feature film was Saving Face in 2004, and that's kind of like a rom-com, intergenerational uh, movie, so I'd recommend that. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, 1975. We did not mention that. Damn. Damn. That viewing experience is weird. We also uh, only did like our top choices too. Yes. So and there's like uh, and there's so much queer media. Lot. They throw all that. There's the so paper. much. I totally forgot about Rocky Horror for, for yeah. some reason. The Watermelon Woman is from 1986. Uh, P Valley. If you have stars. Yes. Down in the valley with the girls get naked. You better work, bitch. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Tangerine 2015, that is a really small independent film that follows two trans women and it's filmed on an iPhone. It's a really cool film. And the last one I had was like In a Heartbeat, which is a short film uh, that kind of it feels similar to the way that y'all were describing Heartstopper, but like in a little animated short film. So those are some that I did not select. I'm curious, were there ones that y'all had lingering that, uh, that you would like to mention? Yeah. Um, the Birdcage. Uh, 1990 birdcage. birdcage. Great. Very yes. good pick. Um, it's it it's weird because it's the reason why a lot of people view it weird is because it's a it's originally a French play and then it became a French movie and then it became an American movie and they're all set in different time um, er, eras. So it, it got a little muddled. Like it's culture differences, which is why um, when you watch it today, you're like. Oh, the sun is being absolutely dreadful, um, which, you know, I agree. Uh, but it, that's, you know, if you can get past that aspect of the film, I think it's really good. It also like uh, shout out to Robin Williams for protecting. Um, I was Lane. literally about to say, did you hear about that <laughs> real life moment? Yes. yes. Um, but, you know, he was protecting him because Nathan wasn't out yet. And then. Uh, Robin was just very, like, very much on the press for, like, 
doesn't matter. You know, very much deflecting and until Nathan Lane was available to come out and Nathan Lane is trying to move pay it forward with other actors now, I think, or at least he's expressed interest in doing that. So good, 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 good. Uh, I have to mention Infinity Train season two specifically uh, because there's a really good non-binary experience. I think, I think, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's about discovering yourself and discovering like who you are, especially when it involves gender. A lot of non-binary folks attach themselves to that. A lot of queer people attach themselves to that season specifically because of what came out of it. Um, some of the other seasons are like really, they're really, I think the season four is also when they touch a little bit of queerness. Season three, I, I'd stay away from that's trauma. That's absolute trauma. But anyway, um, I'm trying to think. I have to mention also real recently the Owl House. Um, it another kids media that uh, brought like queer storytelling to the forefront. Uh, not queer storytelling, but like just like the idea of queerness to the forefront. Um, they were very out. They were very proud, and I think that's what got them canceled at the end. At least they got a finale. Uh, you know, two seasons and then three specials for the season three. There's a trend. Two seasons in a movie. There's a trend, you know. But there is indeed. Yeah. Um, uh, can I real quick the, the Owl House? Yes. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent show. Love that for animation. Love that for the younger audience. Please, Owl House. Dana um, Terrace. Shout out to Dana Terrace. Um, I'm going to keep going on animation because I have so many. It's funny that I have so many animation in my thing across the Spider-Verse. Um, a lot of trans people have said it that at the if it's, if Gwen is not trans, at, at the very least, Gwen is a trans ally. At the very least. And I think that's really cool that it's one of the major blockbusters of the year. And it has a, a trans allegory like centered in the film. Like you cannot discuss that film without bringing up a trans allegory at the very least. So I think that's really important because it's one of the biggest movies ever. Um, it's probably the biggest animated movie ever, not in terms of like money, because we know Super Mario Brothers has that beat, but in terms of impact, yes. Um, and I'm trying to think of something. Nope, it's gone. Oh, well. Hey, any things that y'all have lingering, I'll also read out Darcy's picks that are um, yeah, we got some. Uh, Apex, yeah, you can go first. Okay. Um, let's see. What get, Let's get into these categories here. Drama, we have Brokeback Mountain as one of them. Um, so that was definitely one of them. Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, another good one. Call Me By Your Name. Talents to me, Sean Lane, even though, you know, a little problematic, that movie. But, yeah. Um, let's see what else. For comedies and musicals. Um, okay. Golden Girls. Hello. Gotta talk about everybody needs a friend up in this bit. So there's that. Um, I'm gonna say one of mine and one of his because he loves Rocket Man. Oh, so yes. those people who love Rocket Man, um, shout out to Mr. Elton. Um, I said prom because I'm really gay. Um, and I really think it's really cute uh movie. So if you like musicals, it's on Netflix, it's super cute. Um, also Will and Grace, shout out to them. Um Romance and Horror. 
Um, okay, so we're going to go into romance. Shout out to Elite. If you like a sexually very charged show, coming a story situation, Elite gives you that for sure. They are also fine as hell. All these people are gorgeous. Um, sex education, hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. If you are somebody who dabbles in uh, stories that kind of go left, like very quickly in terms of like, did y'all just show me that? Season two finale of Sex Education. The play was crazy. Watch that. Um, let's see. Oscar Emmy nominated. Shout out to Luca. We watched Luca. Super cute story. Oh my gosh. Uh, but at first I was like, people are reaching, saying that he's kind of gay. And then as I watched it, I was like, mm, he's a little gay. Uh so <laughs> there's that. Um, also, I mean, I mean, nominated, which we didn't because we were saying reality TV, we put in for wild cards, but RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, Miss RuPaul's back must be fucking hurting carrying mainstream drag right now. But you know oh, what? I bitch? thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say for the fracking. Oh, fracking. <laughs> we don't talk about fracking, girl. Just kidding. Like, that too, oh, though. Um, and Queer Eye, shout out Jonathan Van Ness. Love her. Also, uh, Anthony. Mm, uh, you can call me any day, sir. He'll cook for you, too. Mm, I'd love to eat. Um, anyway, going to Great Written Directed by an LGBTQ person. Um, we just had a bunch of people listed, but uh, shout out to these writers and directors. Uh, your name's called Amazing. Mike White, yes, Survivor, and also White Lotus, carried. Um, Dan Levy, we already talked about him. Ryan Murphy, we talked about him. Wachowski, we talked about them. Steven Sondheim. Rest in peace, work, bitch. Um, Lee Daniels as well. Janet Mock, which I mentioned before. Janet Mock, you know, director, executive producer, all stuff in Pose. Um, and then in terms of wild cards, you even got a shit ton of wild cards. I'm going to pass it off to him oh, I've got a shit. Um, for sure. But I'm going to mention two wild cards for me. One of them being Devil Wears Prada because Miss Miranda Priestley owns 51% of the LGBT community. They get to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that and also tales of the two cities if you have not watched that really good um show it has um uh, the guy also from looking and white lotus oh murray yes him um elliot page is in it as well uh, a lot of different actors it's very good if you like a sense of community and those people live together um and kind of going through those stories it's on netflix so yeah those are mine oh very very nice. Um, yeah, uh, I don't got too many. I, I I've been looking for kind of what I would deem like more of like brown groundbreaking in a sense. But uh, I don't know if y'all heard of Andy Mack. Uh, that was on Disney Channel. Uh, I think they had the first openly gay character on a Disney Channel show. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Proud Family, louder and prouder, is doing big things as far as with the characters of Michael, uh, who. Oh gosh, is openly queer, but I, I again, y'all could correct me if I'm wrong. Go watch the show. He's femme. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> I am learning. Uh, <laughs> um, but then you got uh, and I, I know uh, Dr. Rico, you definitely watch Harley Quinn, and I I've heard good things about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, so I d- I wanted to shout that out as well. Um, uh, as Nino mentioned, the Owl House. Uh, and I think I wanted to, yeah, definitely give a shout out to the legend of Korra because I feel that was huge at the time when that happened in 2014, where Korra and Asami became Korasami. And that was, a, that was such a living. great moment. 
Say again, the girls were living in high school. They were living for it. Also, who, who's, what's, a, what's the creator's names of Avatar or whatever? Brian and Mike. Yo, shout out to Brian and Mike for giving a big fuck you to Nickelodeon yeah. on that. Because when they said, oh, you gonna put us on the internet and not on TV, bet, bitch. And they gave them, we gonna kiss and let them have it. So and they, No, they still took it they, out. They didn't kiss. They still took it wow. out. And Nickelodeon did take it out. But, but I'm sure Nick, you can but, find the kiss scene um, somewhere on the internet because there but, was one. But Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon did air the episode and it was huge because majority of that season was only online. So... Yeah, I'm sure people would have been up in arms when they saw that they didn't want to broadcast a mainstream. Like, they're the leads. They're leads in the show. So that would have been wild. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I really like what's going on in animation as far as representation because I love to see it. Uh, I like when, you know, kids have, you know, animation is predominantly targeted at kids. However, again, animation is cinema. So I love any instance where animation can be just as inclusive as live action. Uh, last shout out, probably I'm going to just give it to The Last of Us uh, with uh, Bella Ramsey, uh, her character. Um, also, Bella Ramsey came, didn't Bella Ramsey come out non-binary? Yeah, I believe Bella Ramsey is non-binary, yes. Yeah, um, non-binary. But um, yeah, 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 I just... Uh, yes, who? Proud Family. I said Proud Family. Oh, did? Yeah, I mentioned Michael. Oh, I forgot to mention Barry and Randall on Proud Family, uh, portrayed by Billy Porter and zachary quinto so uh love them uh and then yeah 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 to be honest uh yeah i think i think i'm good those the, that's it oh and horror megan megan is gay sure megan. <laughs> uh darce mentions q force hollywood smiley bohemian rhapsody black swan like some people count it some people don't uh come on that q force that was our our draft. Um, follow us on all the various social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Is there any more beyond? Yeah, that's good. Only fans. Just kidding. No, uh, but you can you draft. can follow uh, Dr. Jace on Twitch. Uh, yes. Okay. Say on OnlyFans, boy. <laughs> so we also have a Discord if you'd like to continue the conversation. Uh, check us out. Actually, we'll, we'll definitely open a channel just based off of this. So if people want to hop in that. Additionally, if uh, you would like to watch and or listen, we've got YouTube, we've got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other things. All, you... all podcast listening stations. <laughs> uh, but we, we hope that this inspires you to go check out some queer media. Um, clearly, there's a lot, but from animation to live action to TV shows to films. And so we check, hope that you watch at least one of something that was mentioned uh, today. And happy pride. Happy pride. You better work, bitches. And remember, next month is Lesbian Wrath Month. Hooray for Lesbian Wrath. Rah! And all these lists will be available to y'all uh, on our social media. So we'll have those ready for you. And I'm going to eat some food. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, big shout out to Ange for bringing the idea to the table uh tangelo big shout out and then big shout out to dr rica for organizing this draft the first ever yonko table draft uh we're closing out folks that is it from us so i am your co-host grandmaster who wonderful draft uh given roger goodell but not really roger goodell because we don't like roger goodell that much dr rica 
uh, at the helm. Supernova's Apex, Nino Desposado, and of course, Darth, we're signing out. Uh, let's close this uh, with uh, do something stupid. We love sports. Draft. Woo. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't have anything stupid to do. Honestly, we know. might close it with what that that was good. That evil laugh. We might just close it right there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. That- Villainizing gay people. Uh, uh- <laughs>